Welcome to No Password Required, a monthly conversation that introduces you to some of the top talent in the world of cybersecurity. Hello and welcome to No Password Required, a podcast dedicated to exploring the minds and personalities that make up the field of cybersecurity. I'm your host, Ernie Farresso, and with me as always, Jack Clabby, a cybersecurity attorney at Carlton Fields, PA in Tampa. On the podcast today, we'll chat with Charles Shearer, the CEO of Global Wave Consulting, also known as BSD Bandit by his over 20,000 Twitter followers. Charles is often considered the most positive person in cybersecurity. When he's not saving the world with his pen testing skills, he can be found playing the greatest video games of the 80s and 90s. Charles, we look forward to a great conversation. But first, hello to my co-host, Jack Clabby. Good day, sir. Hey, Ernie. How are you? You know, every day, a little bit better than the last. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to Charles today. He's, we've had a lot of notable names, but he is a, a true cybersecurity celebrity. So it's pretty cool that we're going to get to talk to him today. And hopefully we'll get a chance to ask him some questions about the video game side. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty personality. excited too, because he's got a lot of history, a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of cool stuff. Um, and I'm pretty excited. Well, there's been one thing we should talk about. Just it, There's been a lot of conversation last week or so about this announcement from the United Kingdom's, uh, I, the ICO, sort of their uh, privacy regulator there about something there, the action they may take against TikTok, uh, this sort of popular social media app for allegedly processing children's data in violation of the UK's version of the data protection law um, that is otherwise in place in the EU. Uh, so there's been a lot, a lot of headlines on this. And, you know, it's the, the, the biggest thing I think is the, the potential fine. Mm. It's 25 million pounds, which is essentially 4% of global turnover for, for the company. It's you know, pretty huge numbers here. And it goes back a couple of years. The allegation is basically that uh, TikTok was gathering information on those who were under the age of 13, so children, not teenagers, uh, without getting the, the correct disclosure, without giving the correct disclosures, and without getting sort of verifiable parent consent to, to doing that. So this is an issue all around the world. Um, TikTok has faced some fines in, in, in at least one other foreign country. And a couple of years ago in the U.S., the Federal Trade Commission fined TikTok, you know, it was like a million or two bucks for similar uh, alleged conduct. But it's something that video game app developers, uh, websites face. You know, there's, there's two kinds of companies that face these issues. The first are companies that set up websites or apps for children. And they have a certain set of regulations, at least in the U.S., that they have to um, comply with. And it's typically called COPPA, C-O-P-P-A. Uh, and it's got this sort of one set of regs for child-oriented websites. And then it's got another set of sort of regs and responsibilities for general use websites that are a little less onerous. Like if a kid happens to go on a website, you know, of a general retailer and just shows up, there's, you know, if they're going to collect data, it's pretty easy to use an age screen for that. But it's got to be a little more intense if it's, um, if it goes towards um, children in particular. And so we saw a lot of this over the last three years with education apps during the pandemic that are only designed for school-aged children and how can they, you know, how can they get consent? And there's a couple of ways to do it. You know, um, there are forms, you know, that a company can use that can be filled out by parents and sent in in paper form or, or, or other form that can actually make it happen. 
but it's got to be verifiable. Sometimes they'll take a micro payment, you know, through a um, through a credit card or you know collect some sort of ID like a driver's license number or something like that. So it can be a little risky for a company because you're you're collecting children's data, you're getting consent, and then when you get consent, you're checking or collecting another piece of pretty sensitive data for the parents. But my favorite uh, in, in the sort of breathless headlines that came out when the, uh, the potential fine from the from the UK ICO hit, you know, there's two issues that make it, I guess, if it's true, you know, more, more significant for TikTok. One is that it's children's data. And then the second set, it's something called special category data. And over in, in England, special category data has a, has a definition. And it was repeated in all the news articles. And I'll, I'll read it to you because it's pretty funny. It's um, ethnic and racial origin. That's not funny. Uh, political opinions, which I love that maybe there was a collection of political opinions of children. children. I, I don't know if there were, I don't think there were. It just, it's just this, it's just a, it's just a block of text that every newspaper copied over. Religious beliefs. tell you mother, I can't stand the Tory party. <laughs> That's right. Religious beliefs, uh, sexual orientation, but like an eight-year-old, you know, come on. Like, I, I don't think, I don't know. I think there's a lot more to the story that's going to come out. Um, but this big block deck, but my very favorite one is, uh, in almost every article I read on this was uh, trade union membership. So that's one of the special category data is that they're alleged. So the so, kids, so right. the, you know, whether you're in a trade the, the kid, union. Listen, those kids in, in England. Well, well listen, let's, we can right. go back into, it's a Oliver Twist where what was the, the Charles Dickens one? Those little kids right. on the street, they're, they're unionized, right? They, they ought right. to be because, they they, because of working conditions are pretty rough for kids over there back in that day. So well, it wouldn't I mean, surprise me. I think the big takeaway is, you know, for any of our listeners who are involved in, in, in cyber and privacy, particularly for startups, a lot of, there's yeah. a lot uh, of our listeners work in the startup space for uh, software as a service or app developers. If you're developing a game that is going to be targeted towards school-aged children, uh, or if you're developing an ed tech app, you know, get savvy now when you're baking in your design to make sure that you're collecting the right consent from the parents for COPPA. There was a, a pretty famous uh, Federal Trade Commission report maybe 20 years ago, right after COPPA passed, like, you know, a couple of years later. And it was something like, you know, they looked at like 200 websites and 80% of them didn't have the basic stuff. The basic stuff is pretty straightforward and there's a lot of good guidance out there. And so if you're involved in privacy or cyber um, for apps or software as a service that has a child as a potential user, there is a lot you can do now to get yourself um, off the radar for these things. If you're a big company like a TikTok or another large provider, you're always going to have a regulator looking at you almost regardless of your practices. But for the for the small companies, you really don't want to make a misstep when you're designing these things. And, and the time to bake in compliance with COPPA is early. Yeah, start uh, you, yeah. you can do it at the early stages and you really don't want to be, you know, what most developers do is they just split the product into two pieces. One is sort of the no frills, no collection uh, that might be used by uh, those 12 and under. And then the full product is for everyone else. And you have some kind of a gate at the beginning of it that sends kids to one section and 13 and up to the other section. So that's the best way to do it. Uh, you know, but if you're running a website that's that's just advertised to everyone, like, you know, if you go on like a liquor company's website, it's always, how old are you? You know, put in, your, yeah. put in your, put in your, put in your birthday. There's a legal reason for that. It's not just because of the alcohol age, but, you know, age gating, uh, in, in many instances for a regular use website is enough. Uh, you know, you really need verifiable uh, parental consent when you're specifically collecting uh, from children uh, and you're using the website for that purpose. So 
uh, little PSA for those who are involved in that world. It's, it's um, it, once you know about it, it's hard, it, you know, it's pretty easy to spot these issues. Um, and, and we'll see what happens with TikTok over in the UK, pretty big number. Um, I think they've got a defense to it and they, they've been out there publicly saying that they've got, there's more to the story and we'll just have to keep an eye on that as it develops, Ernie. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, more to this story, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we'll return, we're going to talk to Charles about his hacking mindset and how it pushed him beyond the basics. So stick around. Looking for more no password required content? Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at No Password Pod. All right. Welcome back. Our guest is Charles Shearer, the CEO of Global Wave Consulting. Charles, Welcome to No Password Required. Woo! I am glad to be here. It's wonderful Wednesday, and I'm feeling great. How's everybody feeling this afternoon? I tell you, if I was any better, I'd be twins. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> so, Charles, we love to start just to hear a little bit about where, uh, sort of like how you got where you are. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and your career path and what, uh, how you became the CEO of Global Wave? Oh, definitely, definitely. So we're gonna we're gonna take this back a little bit towards the college days, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, that's where I really like really dug into like my hacking chops, right? So I got into well, just heck, really, in college. So I was into, um, I kind of did it backwards. So most people, they kind of start off with Windows and everything else. I kind of did the backwards thing and jumped into Linux. Accidentally, of course. Um, I like actually, most people accidentally into Linux. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Linux, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, and the way I did it was um, I was actually like trying to run two operating systems on one laptop and I deleted the fat partition. And then all I had was Linux left when I rebooted. <laughs> so I had to learn from the command line. Like, oh, my goodness, this is it. And m- luckily, I had another computer that was running IRC. Okay. And I was just like back and forth. Like, hey, what do I do? How do I do this? They're like, first of all, type start X. And then second of all, look at web crawler. Notice how they say Google. The web That's crawler. awesome. <laughs> so... Um, I just started like printing out books, like learning, like networking. Um, I, I got this book called Network Complete for like $19. Actually, my mother bought that for me for $19, right? And I went ahead and um, started reading it. But as I was reading, I was making my own books to the point where I kind of like kind of got kicked out of the computer lab because I was printing too much paper because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's how I was making my books. So remember the big Ziploc bags? the huge Ziploc bag. So what I would do, I would print out a book, right? And I'd put each chapter in its own Ziploc bag. And then when I would finish, like say if I'm working on like chapter one, I would finish one half of the chapter and I'd take a highlighter and just mark it at the top. Yeah. And that would let me know that's where the page I left off. And then when I would finish that particular chapter, I would take a Sharpie and write done on the plastic of the um, the Ziploc bag. Do you still have those somewhere? Or those oh, they're still somewhere. somewhere. They're still somewhere. Like the Ziploc bags all yellow. The pages are That's yellow. Awesome. Yeah, because I still have my Bible. And and people's like, Bi- Bible? No, no, no. VI Bull. <laughs> so VI, editor in Linux. Um, 
I learned a lot over the years and I would print out different things. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make a Bible. <laughs> and I would, and I would keep that with like different commands that I've learned and tips and tricks. And I had it in a um, binder, a little orange binder. I got that idea from a good friend of mine that I used to work with, who I want to plug here, maybe a better Unix engineer. Shout out to Daryl. You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I started putting that stuff together. And I, I mean, I would just practice each day. And then what I would do, I did a man page a day. So I would read one man page a day and practice the command for that one command for the entire day. So for the LS command, I would practice the command line switch. Say today, today, say today is Monday, right? Yeah. I'm gonna start off another week. Today's Monday. I'm like, you know what? LS command. And that's all I would do all Monday was just the LS command, all the command line switches and keep practicing. When I had time, lunch break, practice, practice, practice. On Tuesday, I'd come back in and just do everything with the LS command, with all the command line switches, then add on the copy command and practice the copy command, practice, practice, practice all the way Tuesday. I did that for an entire year and learned that there were 80 base Unix commands and all the other commands after those 80 base are just based off of the Linux and whatever Linux that you're using, like Ubuntu or whatever else. But I I learned a lot um, and I turned it into a little adventure. Where did this drive come from? I mean, that is incredible discipline to stay on top of something like that. Where did I, that come from? I, from video games. So this is where the, the video game connection. So my mother, I never forget, uh, my parents were like, you know, they had like, um, take, your par- take your kids to work day. That's what it was. And I never forget, she took me to work one day and she had Pac-Man on a five and a half floppy disk. And the screen, <laughs> yeah. And the screen was black and green. Yep. The, the text was green on the black screen. And I would just sit there with the arrow keys, just playing Pac-Man for hours until she would come get me or say, hey, come out and meet this person or meet that person. But that's all I would do. And then as time go on, I got older. That's when I started getting into like Atari 2600 video game, um, Nintendo Genesis. And from there, it was just a patience because when I first got Legend of Zelda, Legend of Zelda, you had to have a map. You had to find your way around a different forest to find a magic potion and, you know, just just different things that you had to find. But that took time and patience. You didn't beat that game in one day. You know, so I think that's where that drive came from. So anything related to computers, I look at it this way. If somebody right now said, hey, Charles, I want you to play Super Mario Brothers 3 and I wanted you to make it as far as you can in Super Mario Brothers 3. I can still go back to that game, even though that game came out in 1988 and still go back and still remember where the one-ups are and what to look for and get the raccoon and fly and everything <laughs> else. Right. I can still do that to this day. Right. So I treat computers the same way. I look at computers in that same aspect. Like if I get on a Unix system, I know right away to look for the LS command. If it's windows, I know for to look for the DIR command for directory. It's just certain things that you just, that, that helps me to understand it, you know, and that's how I, I, I got into it so deep, you know, and I always had a passion for technology with anything. So it was just that's what that that drive came from. And then fast forward back to college. Um, that's when I got into hacking and everything else and just um, 
because there was no VMs, there was no Discord, there was no none of that at this time. This is all web web crawler. Yeah. Dog pile. <laughs> Google did exist, but it wasn't the Google that you know today. Right. So I would and of course printing out books. And that's how I got into it. And fast forward from college to like say 2010. Yeah. And this is where um I was at um Northrop Grumman at the time. And I just wanted to start up my own company. And a good friend of mine wanted to do the same thing. And so that's where we came up with the idea of Global Wave Consulting. Started out with just doing web hosting. Just what it started web hosting and now and now we do SAP slash and and of course I'm the head of the security division. So you mentioned that you, you have this love of technology. Can you when did yeah. that where did that come from? It just I, as a kid, because I grew up around technology all my life, yeah. technically, maybe not as like how the internet kids are now, you know, um, I'm 42 years old. So I, 1980 till now, like, it's just, it's always been like a video game handheld. Remember the tiger, tiger handhelds? Yeah. I had a tiger handheld. I've had the football handheld. Yep. It's I always been something electronic. Remember those? It meaning the one that you you move the little dot and the little yes. dots moved across. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My good old reliable. And this is from 1989, folks. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's a it's a re, is that a real Game Boy? Like that's the real, real Game Boy. Cartridge based Game Boy, not yep. a, not an emulator. Wow, Super look Mario at that. Land. That's yes. amazing. Super Mario Land. This is my original Game Boy from 1989. It's yellowish a little bit. Yeah. Uh, to the, yeah, to the but, UV rays. You can't help that. <laughs> yeah, so it's just one of those things where, um, you know, even, and then, and then as time went on, I went and got a Game Gear. Well, my parents got me the Game Gear. Oh, so this great. is my original Game Gear from 1990. Full color, right? That was a color? Yeah, that was the color oh, yeah. one. Okay. Yeah, cartridge wow. and everything. Sonic, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, so, well, that's like, yeah, that, in the full color, that was a... That was Big a deal. light years ahead, man. That was, you know, blazing a path. This thing takes six batteries, <laughs> six double A. So, <laughs> and you can use it for 20 minutes with that six double A. Yeah, pretty much. It's like <laughs> cheaper to, it's cheaper to, to op. Yeah. An arcade is cheaper to operate, right? You put That's quarter, just, exactly. <laughs> Let's just say the Energizer, the Energizer Bunny commercial loved me. That's why I probably beat the drum every time my parents were buying batteries. <laughs> I had a rechargeable battery that sat on the back of the Game Boy and you yeah. could recharge that thing, but it made the Game Boy about six times larger. It was like pretty much yeah, like holding like a, a loaf of bread. Exactly. <laughs> no, holding the old school Zach Morris phone. Yeah. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Even better. <That's> right. <laughs> Looks like one of those old World War II walkie-talkies. It's okay. yes, there you go. Even better. <laughs> but that's that's what that's where that love of technology comes in. The fact that you can you can make things with your mind. And if you're really good at it, you could do something that somebody's never seen before. But it's just the rush to to be able to try to do that is just what's amazing, you know. Forget about the 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 buzzwords and the business aspect, just plain old rolling up your sleeves, playing with technology, whether it's building a computer, whether it's building a race car set or a train set. It was just that, just the simple stuff that I, I really enjoy, even to this day. You know, if somebody tells yeah. me they want to get into computers or technology, I'm excited. I'm excited, like, just, just as much <laughs> as they are, because I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Look, look at all the cool stuff I can show you. Yeah. And then show me some of the stuff that you've been working on so I can learn, too. It's forever learning. So that's why I, that's what I love it as well, too. 
What, what do you think? I mean, you, you use the word hacking a lot and, yes. and sometimes folks in the industry shy away from it, but you use it a lot. What is the hacking mindset to you? Talk to me a little bit about, about that. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, the hacker mindset has always been, you don't accept things the way they are. You take that and you change it and make it to something better. And that's not even designed to just computers. It's just with life in general. And I've learned to apply it to life. Like, hey, you don't just accept the, the way things are. Just like, you know what? I don't like how things are. So you change things within your control. And, and I mean, this is the reason why we, we get up and we go to work each morning. We go to work to be better than we were yesterday. So that's the hacker mindset. You know, it has nothing to do with computers. People just made it computers over the years. Yeah. You know, but before computers, there were telephones. Who they, and they were called the phone freakers, right? Which is a lost and forgotten forgotten art. I didn't forget those guys. I just know they're probably really good voiceover IP engineers now. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, you know. So it's it's always that it's just that mindset that keeps me going as well too. Like, hey. I know if I write this computer program right now, say if I'm, I'm I'm programming in Rust a lot lately, right? That's like my new toy. That's like my new Legend of Zelda, right? I'm programming a lot in Rust and it's a new toy for me. Six months from now, I'll write a program that I wrote today. Six months from now, I know I'm going to want to make changes to that to make it better and make it do things that it wasn't designed to do. That's the fun part about like tech and just, that's why I call hacking in general. The pen testing part of what you do, like how has, I mean, you've seen it, you know, over the last 40 years, really. I mean, how has network penetration testing sort of evolved for you in your mind? Um, just the way the technique, the techniques are <laughs> amazing. You know, um, we're no longer just relying on the firewall. It's just, you know, because remember before you just had, if you had a firewall up, you were, you were locked down. They're considered locked down back then. Oh my God, they have a firewall. We need to leave that alone. They're logging in the firewall. We need to leave that alone. Um, oh my goodness. Like we we made it to the firewall and we don't care if they're logging. So now we have access to this machine. Now we could do something internally. Uh oh, they're logging internally. Like it's just changed, like far as like the technology has evolved, right? But the same time the technology has evolved is the same time the attacks have evolved more ways of like bypassing things like antivirus yeah. you know and then from antivirus really um windows defender the big thing now is just having like edrs in place and monitoring the network the tools have gotten better so that's how i say things have evolved more as not only tools but the hacker mindset and the the techniques in general so switching gears a little bit uh -huh. um you know, on Twitter, you do a lot of, uh, you know, morning motivational type stuff. It's, uh, you know, you're a public figure out there. So what's the, uh, what's the oh, story man. about that? Yeah. <laughs> so how that got started, right? Um, by nature, in person, I'm, I'm a people person. I have a passion for people. I can't tell that general. at all. I, I don't see that. <laughs> I don't see that. So... <laughs> I, so what the, what what started it? I started seeing on Twitter, especially when the pandemic hit, 
there were a lot of people tweeting. There were a lot of people that were depressed. You know, um, people talking suicidal thoughts. It it was a, it was just a bad time. It was a dark time, especially when the pandemic hit and everybody was pretty much locked inside, right? So again, the hacker mindset. I didn't like what I was seeing. Some of my friends feeling that way, and I was just like, you know what? You don't like the way things are. You change it. So I started out with just um just you know motivational tweets i, I used the 140 characters like everybody else but then i don't know one day i woke up and said you know what we're in the age of video cut that camera on you got that cell phone for a reason use it <laughs> that was my inner self talking but um <laughs> so I, I started doing that and just like doing the morning videos and where the retro shirts come from is more so symbolic it's from a okay. time place where when people see the retro shirts, it's like it takes them back to a time where things were a little bit more simplistic in life, whether they were a kid or if they were in their early teens or whatever. Right. But and then just keeping them encouraged each day, you know, like, hey. Today might have been as great as you wanted it to be, but you're still here today to make yesterday look like nothing, you know, yeah. and just to keep people going and keep people like like smiling. I know the world is falling apart, but that doesn't mean you have to fall apart. And I pride myself on doing that every day. That and that's what um motivated me to really do that to you know to to keep people from quitting on themselves and and their families and you know cuz you know when someone's either depressed or going through something it's a domino effect. Yeah. You know? And for and what keeps me going because people are like well how the heck are you able to you know go through all of this right i have friends and family that keep me balanced as well too like it's all a village so when you see me talking to those videos i'm looking right in the mirror as well too we're on this journey together you know yeah. so and and that's that's what keeps me going i like look i get to wake up each morning do what i love for a living um, I got friends, family, you folks on Twitter, well, the internet in general, you know, I mean, life is sweet. Yeah, I can go make a dollar. Anybody can go make a dollar, but you can't replace people and you can't replace moments. That's more important. That stuff is priceless. Your health is priceless. And that's, that's why I tell people, you know, your health is not for sale. So stop putting a price on it. You know, Charles, what do you think the future is going to look like? Like, I mean, do, what you know, the, you're, you're doing a lot to help, right? But what do you mm-hmm. think the future? Are you optimistic? What do you think the future looks um, like? I think the future is going to be, it's, it's going to be, well, definitely extremely different. I think we're going to have more people who are self-aware, especially in the mental health space. Okay. Cause I'm seeing that now because before like 10 years ago, nobody talked about mental health. Especially in especially in the, the the tech space, not even just infosec, just tech in general. Nobody talked about it, but I see people being more self aware, maybe being even more caring. We're, we're and and this is why it's important for our generation, wherever generation that you're at, to keep pushing that mental health narrative and keep pushing positivity out there, because as you do that, the younger generation sees this as a way of life. And this is just me 
Like, yeah. I, I can't predict the future, but this is what I'm yeah. hoping can happen. If the younger generation sees like, oh, there is something positive out there. You can be positive and be okay. You can be positive and work in this industry. You can be positive and you see other people positive, positive, positive. Their mind is trained to do that. And then they'll start pushing positivity out to other folks as well, too, until we can get rid of all of this craziness that goes on with especially with like negativity and maybe cut down on depression people being depressed about life so that's the goal when you talk about you know pushing out positivity and Mm -hmm. which thing would you be more positive to give up pumpkin uh, pie or pumpkin spice lattes (laughs) now you know i gotta get rid of that pumpkin pie pie's (laughs) dead pumpkin pie got to go come on man i mean pumpkin pie got to go you know, I, I, pumpkin spice. I'm not even sure that's an actual thing, by the way. Pumpkin pie is is a is like a it's like a fork or a spoon. It's a way of getting whipped cream into a human being's mouth. I there don't think go. it as of itself. <laughs> there you go. Is its own. You know, I, <laughs> pumpkin pumpkin spice latte is the whole thing. You know, you have a sip of it. It has a whole thing. It's not relying on something else to work. I mean, you exactly. show me a person who likes pumpkin pie, and you take away the ready whip, and they're not. Oh, they're, they're, not, they're, they're, they're not even happy about it. No, they're, they're like, what is that. this? They're like, what is this? <laughs> Give me the sweet potato. Move this stuff out the way. That's now. Now I will not replace the sweet potato. That'll go anywhere. Fair pumpkin, look, pumpkin, caramel brulee, all of that can go away. But that sweet potato pie stay. <laughs> stay. <laughs> Charles, you you know you have you have a, a the big public presence where you're interacting with a, a lot of people all at once every day. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have your role in the company and you have you have a role where you're working with people almost on a one-on-one basis. Yes. You know, can you talk about your passion for getting others into cybersecurity? You know. Oh, yes. Yes. So when I see when I meet and this is why I go to like the different conferences or even on on Twitter if if there's anybody out there that's listening and they are looking to get into the field, DM me. My DMs are always open. When I notice somebody that's passionate about getting into InfoSec, the first question I ask them is, do you know what you're interested in? Is there a specific part about InfoSec that you might like? Or if you don't know, that's okay. So I make folks feel comfortable, like, hey, you could definitely come on in. You know, you could definitely come on in and like, literally like we're here to help you you know like this is not like oh you don't know this then we're we're cutting you off no that's not how that works you know because nobody knows everything right so i always try to be inviting and just say hey you know what if you don't know what you want to do that's okay hey let's go over it together and i literally have a chart a list of everything like that goes like with um like say forensics hey do you think you might like forensics this is what goes on forensics and if I don't have the answer, I know somebody who does. Okay. So this is how um, I'm always willing to help folks get into in, get into the industry and not make them feel like they go ahead. You know, part of it too is like I, part of that. That's such an optimistic and, and uh-huh. kind thing to do, Charles. So we 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 a lot of we really appreciate that you know on behalf of the industry too that you're making that message out there because sometimes there is a, a sense of like it's a club mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta figure yeah. out what the keys of the club are. If there's somebody who's willing to share, no, here are the, you know, here are the things, here's what forensics yeah. is. And here are the good skills that, 
that might be different than networking or that might be different than, than pen testing, right? right. There's some different skills and, and different kinds of people can be successful in each of those. That's a nice thing that, that you're able to do and a real positive thing. Because this, this is the world, because again, the world teaches us to hoard everything, information, <laughs> hold on. No, don't tell them that because they can, they can replace you. I'm sorry, newsflash folks, you're going to be replaced one day. <laughs> Every year you have a birthday. That means you're getting older. That means you're going to be moved up out of here. So you might as well enjoy the time while you're still here. And remember, the internet is never a permanent place. It's a place that we rent. We'll never own it. Only thing, only thing that'll be left here when we're gone is our videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's a river. The internet's a river that flows. That's it. It's a That's river. A but it's also, this is one of the areas, it's not like there's a hundred jobs and a thousand people. It's like, there's a thousand jobs. Like it is one of the industries where there are more, like we need more qualified people. Like we're not, you know, right. if you know what, you, if you're interested in this and you can get the skills built, you can get a job. It's not like we're, you know, it's not like uh, pitching for the New York Yankees, right? There's not right, so many right. spots. Yeah. You can, exactly. there's, unlimited, there's unlimited pitching opportunities if you know, if, if you are willing to learn this stuff. If you're willing, that's all it takes is, is attitude and effort. That's all I ask. Attitude and effort. The positive attitude that says, hey, I want to do this. And then the effort with actually doing it. That's it. Those are the two, two things I ask for. That's it. And then yeah. um, you can ask all the questions that you want. I'm perfectly fine with that. There's no, there's no such thing as a dumb question at all. Because, again, somebody helped me. Charles, I do want to ask maybe what is a dumb question? Like you have a lot of very cool t-shirts and, <laughs> and I have a handful of cool t-shirts, but I have to ask this. Do you fold them or do you hang them on a hanger? Hang them on a hanger. You hang. Okay. All right. Right, right on the hanger. Yeah. So, <laughs> Cause some of those are probably hard to find or custom uh, t-shirts, right? No, these are custom. So they're all custom. Okay. Yeah. So um, a good friend of mine actually makes the t-shirt. So what I do, I'll play the video game, right? So this is actually me playing um, Little Nino Dream Master. I have it oh, cool. NES, right? Okay. So I paused it, and no. then took a picture of, and took a picture of it with my phone and converted it into a GIF. And, not GIF. I'm sorry. Um, a JPEG, JPEG okay. file. Sends it over to him, and then he puts on a T-shirt. And of course, I of course I pay him and stuff like that. Yeah. And this is the material that you get back. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it's a unique creation of you actually playing it. Oh, that's playing really the video cool. game. Cause a lot of people like, I've never seen that. Like, you know, where'd you get that character from? Or where'd you get that? Cause the character is from the game that I'm playing. Like I have final fantasy t-shirts with just fighter. I had one on today in the morning video. Um, the fighter, the only thing is um, I spilled some water on it. Otherwise you would, you guys would have saw it today. <laughs> so that's why. I, so I said, okay, I'm gonna go from fighter and final fantasy to Little Nemo, the Dream Master. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want another question we, we have to yeah. ask you. If you had, what would be tougher to give up? All right. Twitter, video games, or podcasting? If you had to give up one, what would be toughest? Twitter, video games, or podcasting? Video games. Video games would be the toughest to give up. Why? Because it's always been there. And it will always be here, right? <laughs> they are <laughs> eternal. They are eternal. There's no, like, and here's, and this is the thing. We only talk about the popular titles, right? 
Yeah. Now there's somebody that's gonna watch the show. Be like, what the heck is Little Nemo in the Dream Master? And they're gonna go look it up, and they're gonna be like, oh, this is cool. Hey, did somebody get to the NES classics? And then it, you know, it just constantly you know, keeps going on and on. One thing I think is really, really amazing and remarkable nowadays is mm-hmm. where we are as a as a society. You can go back, and now basically all the all the cool video games that mm-hmm. you had when you were a kid, they're all practically free and available online that you can download versions and emulate them. And so it's like, it's, it's just remarkable. It's just amazing. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, if I wanted to go play, uh, you know, old Apple Pitfall, I could just Google it right now and I could be playing it in five minutes. Yes, or Choplifter. Yeah, Choplifter. Oh, man. That's, I, I'd forgotten about that one. See, and that's and that's that's the beautiful part about like video games. It's just like it's an endless cycle of amazing characters. My two favorite characters, my two favorite games ever, Mega Man and Final Fantasy. Reason being, and I guess it's a special love for them because I got those in Christmas of '87. I never forgot. Awesome. And <laughs> and look at Final Fantasy today. Right. Yeah, I mean it's like, a movie franchise, man. Oh, it's, yeah. going, yes. it's going it's it's it transcends. And I remember when it was just a little character, eight pixel character, eight bit character on a screen and making little boom sounds, you know, and it's just now it's a movie where it's in high definition. And it's it's cool to see the little kids like, oh my god, Final Fantasy, and they're like five years old and six years old. I'm like, man, they only knew my well, my niece tells me. Um, Uncle Charles, you come from a dark time. I'm like, it's it's the time before PCs. Yeah, <laughs> the time in a galaxy long, 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 long time ago. I could just, I just had this, <laughs> like the opening scene of of uh, of Conan with the with the. Yes, it was a time before <laughs> civilization. Atlantis said, "Not yet sunk below the ocean." Right, That's right. Yeah. But and I'm like, if I'm from a dark time. What about the kids that were kids when Star Wars first came out? Yes. What time? What what time are they living in? Yeah, <laughs> like, did they think it was real? Like that was like it's almost like we didn't know. I mean, that was the first time anyone saw something like that. Listen, the Ewoks were the cutest Star yeah. Wars characters. I like Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a short break now, uh, but when we return, we'll have Ernie's lifestyle polygraph. So please stay with us. You're listening to the No Password Required Podcast. We cover cybersecurity and a lot of other stuff. All right, welcome back. Charles, are you ready for the first ever Lifestyle Polygraph video game edition? I am definitely ready. Let's bring it on. All right. (laughs) So the Lifestyle Polygraph is used by the Department of Defense and the National Security Apparatus to assess people's suitability to have access to the nation's most sensitive secrets. But here, we use a similar approach to determine the inner workings of the, in the minds of our guests. And so here we go. It's a series of questions. We're going to ask you five questions. That's um, it may be very uncomfortable for you to answer. Um, and the theme music's playing in my head right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so here we go. Here's the first question. What three people would you choose to build out your ultimate e-gaming squad? What game would you play? Ooh. 
Now, one, the game that I would play is Destiny 2. Ah. I would definitely add Dave Kennedy to the squad. Because <laughs> he, he's done some amazing things in Destiny 2. I would at, definitely have my great friend, Steve Johnson. I grew up with Steve. We go back as far as Big Wheels from age five. <laughs> Hi, Steve. I saw a kid on one of those yesterday. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm walking yes. the dog. And he, did, he, and he did the skid. He did the power yes. skid with it. You know, where he spins around. Oh, that, oh a, yeah. Is that a ghost? I, is that kid I, a ghost? Or is that a real, that was a real kid from today? No, that, I know, right? <laughs> that kid's awesome. Exactly. I had Knight Rider. He had Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Uh, Knight Rider had the it had the orange hand had the orange handle. Yes. yes. <laughs> I thought crazy. I was doing something. I like turn on the turbo and it's just a plastic thing. Yeah, turbo. exactly. Go turbo. <laughs> Not doing a thing. <laughs> it wasn't even making a sound. It just did. And then the third person on the team, understudy 77. <laughs> Those are my three. Charles, you've got a lot going on. Do you, do you find time to game like that? I mean, that can be pretty, you know, can, do you have time to get involved in things like online, uh, you know, more modern gaming online, or, or do you find that hard to make time with all you have going on? Um, it's just, I compartmentalize, right? Okay. It just depends on what's happening, right? I have a five-year-old daughter. So, and, you know, like me and my wife, we're like, okay, we're going to go do this today. Oh, okay, cool. And we just kind of like compartmentalize everything, right? So that's kind of how I do things. So yeah. if we're if we're if we're hanging out for today, okay, then that's where we are. And then I'll play video games later. I, I find time, I make time, you know, it's just like with um with podcasting or learning or anything else, right? We make time for what we we're interested in. So that's how I do it, you know, and then and just have fun. And my, my wife understands my wife's known me since 2001. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you're still married. Yes. Well, we got married in we got married in 2012. Started dating in 2004, started and then um got married in 2012, had a kid in 2017. There we go. <laughs> and did she, does she know about the printing and putting things in in plastic bags earlier? Oh yeah, and, yeah, okay. she knows she she knows all about my computer activities. My she was around when I had the Sony Vio with 10 gigs of hard drive That's space awesome. and 128 megs of RAM. This is screaming back then, man. Yes. <laughs> and when AO and when A, when AIM was my phone, I didn't even have a cell phone. It was called AIM. And I just checked the messages when I came back from class. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> The Vio is yeah, the Vio is like the then equivalent to having that big cell phone. Like yes, in like ninety two, yeah, massive. The Vio is just a cool, cool with the spaceship backpack. Oh man, it's my so friends cool, just though. say I have the astronaut backpack back <laughs> in the day. It ain't as cool as the the backpacks now. <laughs> yeah, there's no carbon fiber. We didn't have carbon fiber no, back no, then. No, uh -huh. yeah, none of those. Yeah, strong back. It's yes, like, ah. having a, we're having a land party. There you go. We were fit back then. We had to yes. move those computers around. <laughs> you kids don't know how good you got it. Speaking of staying in shape, uh -huh. here we go. Is there such a thing as a healthy gaming snack? A healthy gaming sack? And if so, what is it? 
there can be um in my lifetime i've never seen a healthy gaming snack but there can be this is where that futuristic where we're talking yeah, about yeah, the future yeah. well it's that positive positivity there yes. yeah someday it, it can be we someday. will strive to find yes we will strive okay the place on the hill you know where you, and you know what we're already striving folks because we have healthy snacks in the kids schools these days there's no more of Reese pieces buttercups that you could just get for a couple of cents um That's true. That's right. yeah. but hey look at how good look at how well we turned out right we're, we're still normal i think you could buy you could buy a charleston chew at the cafeteria in my middle school you at the cafeteria oh. you just go in and buy yes we used to call it the geo store yeah you could have the the, the boston baked beans the red hots oh my like, goodness the now laters and the bazooka joes and the bazooka, bazooka joe had the com- yeah they, they, they had the, the comics that you could it. use yeah, that you could use to make a you know body armor out of yeah yes yeah, yeah. talk about talk about it talk about a two for one you get bubble gum and a comic and they were fine com those those, those are like modern literature those yes. you know, you know. as long as we have mountain dew i feel like there's always going to be a good base of unhealthy gaming snacks yes you know mountain oh. dew for every new game that gets dropped they have a tie-in with some crazy flavor oh and you know we Thank had goodness. sunny delight and tang <laughs> Sunny D. Sunny D. Yes, Sunny D. Yeah, I remember my stuff, mom would, I would say, hey, can we get that? And she would tell me to, uh, I mean, I'm surprised she did. Maybe she did. Maybe I'm blocking out that she didn't just beat me. Sunny <laughs> D, whack. You know, you're not getting that stuff. You might as well just drink gasoline. Or, you know, <laughs> drink an antifreeze. But, you know. Or, you know, um, the high C with the ectoplasm. Yes, ecto cooler. Ecto cooler. It would come in a big can and you could. Yes. With it and you, yeah, you had to use the old school, like the, like just, the John yes. Wayne thing. Yeah. And, Sli- and Slimer just had the biggest smile on his face. Why oh, we were it? living. What's Ooh. that flavor? It's green. Yes. Oh, I might get What's some the of flavor? that. Green. Ecto cooler. <laughs> someone's got to bring that back. Like they bring back the McRib. Like someone's got to bring back. I wonder if they ecto ecto cooler. I wonder if they still have that. <laughs> Go get yourself a McRib and some get ecto cooler. Some ecto cooler today <laughs> in 2022. Oh man, as an adult, that would just destroy me now. But I I want to do. Yeah. That down. You know what? It'd be so many happy adults. You see, listen, if we put if, if we were to put that out on Twitter, hey, they're coming about coming back with the ecto cooler. People were losing mind. Oh my no goodness. You see yeah. 40 something years old. Ah, yeah. the cooler. Well, <laughs> well, they're bringing back the happy. The, they have quote adult happy meals. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, it's true. But I, I, I'm not sure I understand that though. Uh, because what's the difference between a regular happy meal and adult happy meal? I mean, you would it's still Bi- going to be a cheeseburger and fries and a small coke right um the difference a- is bioengineered uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying you know they, they they make fruits a little bit bigger now they tr- shinier. Yeah, is, yeah well that hey, don't get me going on avocados and the size of avocados i think the mm-hmm. i think the avocado market's pulling the same thing that the tuna oh, industry they sure are. They and sure they shrink are. the avocados and they're still charging the same thing Yes, they are. That's that's for a whole other. <laughs> that's for a whole other episode. But yes, uh, but sticking with the video game theming. Yes. All right, here we go. Number three. Mm-hmm. What's the greatest gaming system of all time? Oh, this is hurtful. That's right. This you got to pick. You you must choose. There can of be only all one. time of all time. You know what? The greatest one of all time. The Nintendo entertainment system the nes the nes why because here's the thing first of all it has two of my favorite characters on there mega man and all of final fantasy the fighter 
and the crew. I'll just say the crew. But the the reason why I say it's the greatest of all time, because it not only created those characters, it gave life to Mario. It gave extra life because Mario was on Atari. But they gave extra life and a new, I'll say a new definition of Mario. Mario had new suits. You know, um, they also ha- he also had better looking um, characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it gave birth to that. It gave birth to Legend of Zelda. Yeah. You know, which we're still playing to this day on a Nintendo device. Yeah. You know, it gave birth to Kirby. Metroid. Metroid. Yeah. Yeah. Castlevania. Simon oh, Belmont. Yeah. Look at all these. Look at all these games that came out on that system. You know, and then it even incorporated movie games as well. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yep. Batman. Yeah, yeah. Like movie tie games. All yeah. the Scrooge McDuck and uh, oh yeah. Yes. A lot, some of the Disney Duck licenses. Yep. Yes. DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles, Tailspin. Look at all these. Look at all this that was on that system. And that's where it started. Yeah. I, I've got a, uh, a Nintendo Switch and about 80% of my time on it is spent playing in the, the NES, the thing, NES. Right? That's yes. it. Yep, that's, I, that's it. And the kids, the kids, <laughs> the kids in my house too. I mean, it's just something about those games. Like they're easy to get into. It's very, very hard. And some of them you can play for hours and hours and right. hours and hours. Just and look, as so, this is so cool as this is why Nintendo was so awesome. It made us want to be hunters of ducks. That's true. That's true. That is true. true. For hours, for hours. And if I can show you my buddy that it even had a person that could play with you, a robot. Oh, that's what? man. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. The NES Rob. (laughs) Yeah. Rob, R-O-B. That's it. R-O-B. This thing would play Gyromite and stacks with you. It would hold the controller. Yeah, and it would do its yeah. Yes. A little slower, but and I know people are like, oh my god, that looks like ET a little bit. Yeah, that's what and it reminds me of Johnny Five, actually. Yeah, that's right. That's short right. circuit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but this is how cool Nintendo was. You know, yeah. like it gave you Mike Tyson's punch out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, punch yeah. There were so many Contra, the, yes. The, all the producers, they just they just let a lot get made. Right. And so there wasn't so much different stuff came out and there were a lot of flops and there were a lot of, but because there was so much creativity, so many winning franchises came through. Techno bowl. That's right. Yeah. That was one of the original, before there was Madden, there was still good. There was techno bowl, double dribble. Still playable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Ninja Gaiden. I could go on, on, you know, and it's just. All the data East games, all the turtle games. Bad dudes. (laughs) I've got a bad dudes t-shirt. So do I, but that's not a custom one. It's just it's just oh, the original yeah. artwork. <laughs> but, but it still Jack, counts. You don't need a T-shirt, Jack, because you are a bad dude. That's Listen. right. They just I'm on someone else's T-shirt. That's exactly for bad dudes. The yeah. Original that's, bad dude. There you go. Yeah. But these are these are things like these are games like like Nintendo. This all was housed on Nintendo for yeah. so many years. You know, even during the Sega Genesis era, yeah, Nintendo was still producing games. You know, so and the Mega Man franchise took off. Look, matter of fact, forget the games, right? Look at the franchises that came out of the NES era. Super Mario Brothers still play today. 
Legend of Zelda still play today. Mega Man still play today. Final Fantasy still play today. Dragon Warrior. Oh, yeah. Dragon Quest, Star Tropics, Adventure Island. Look at all of these and all, all off of one tiny gray and black box. And before that gray and black box, there was the red and white. <laughs> there was the red and white. It all begins right. has and showing us a, a Famicom, <laughs> which is the original, right? Nintendo. Very hard to find yes. in the States, yes. at least, the Japanese yes. version. Or they would call ours the American version, probably. Yeah. 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 Because the original. Um, yeah. Yeah, because they have the like. Um, I love the imported consoles. Like, I mean, those are just like amazing. But back to the best video game system. That's why I say Nintendo's the best video game system. All of those are, are based off of that. They are. That's yes. that's the that's the core. That's when it really moved in. Yeah. Without Nintendo, you don't get a lot of these systems to this day. With mm-hmm. no Nintendo, there was no Sega. If you think about it. Mm-hmm. Because Sega, before there was Genesis, there was the Master System, which was also 8-bit. And then they started getting creative and creating Shinobi, which people still play today. Yeah. You know, they started making their own characters that were only based off of their system. But they could thank Nintendo for that creativity. Yeah, Yeah, for taking that approach to start. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Here's it is. Number four. All right. What video game world would you want to live in? <laughs> and you know what's funny? And it's ironic. The world that I want to live in is right on my T-shirt. Little Nino and the Dream Master. You know why? Because the, it's just anything is possible in that world. Even like in reality, anything is possible. But you can see a mushroom. You can jump on top of a giant mushroom. You can be in a frog suit. You can fly. And you're doing all this in your pajamas. Kind of like what we do now yeah. when we're at work in our pajamas, right? So <laughs> in a roundabout way. <laughs> but that world is just the possibilities are endless. So that's what world I would want to live in. And the, and the clouds are smiling. It's just a beautiful place. You know, like in reality, you got to look at the cloud and kind of make it be what you want it to be if you stare at it long enough. And yet in this world, it's already there. There you go. (laughs) Okay, here we are. Question number five. If you could turn any video game from your childhood into a blockbuster movie, which one would you choose and who would play the lead? Oh, my goodness. You know what? I'm going to go with Mega Man, the movie. Mega Man, the movie. Mega Man, the movie. And I'll tell you why. Dr. Wiley, Dr. Wiley would be the internet. The evil genius. The evil genius. A new world. In a world. Coming summer 2023. <laughs> Mega Man had the Mega Blaster. Now, he had on his side Dr. Light, which we're going to flip this thing around. So... Dr. Light. So Mega Man is me, the computer. Dr. Light is our client. The client helps me build things on my computer, whether it's code, whether it's moving around objects, playing with programs. Dr. Wiley, which is the entire internet, 
What does he have that we're all trying to stay away from? Bots. Mm. <laughs> Literal bots. Yeah. yeah Literal yeah. bots right. that automate things and that do things that we don't want done. So, and how do we combat this? We fight this every day by not answering a bot or blocking a bot or reporting a bot on an actual platform, you know, like a Facebook or like a LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is getting botish these days. <laughs> so that's why botish. I say I like botish. <laughs> yes. It's, it's very botish of you, sir. Very botish. Yes. <laughs> so this is why I say that I would make I would turn that into a movie because we're kind of like living a movie now. Every day we're combating something. We're fighting something electronic. It's not even physical anymore. It's just electronic. Yeah. You know? Oh, I wish this person would stop spamming me. And come to find out, it's really not even a person. That's exactly <laughs> correct. Right? Exactly correct. <laughs> it's like, hey, we saw that you, um, or if you're thinking something, algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Mm-hmm. You know what? I want to sit here and I'm going to, I want to look up mugs. Next thing you know, you got a whole bunch of mug bots coming at you. Ads, exactly. Everything you didn't, else. and you didn't even, you didn't even type mug in there. You just, right. you just said, you know, a mug would be kind of cool. Yeah. Next thing you know, you look at, it's in your timeline. It's all over the place. It's on your phone. Yeah. It, it, it's literally on the phone. You pick up your phone. Like, wait, wait a minute. I, I'm trying to find the news. Well, Charles, I got to tell you, this has been fantastic. It's been great having you on the show. Uh, really. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know, if our listeners wanted to connect with you, uh, you know, how could they do that? Oh, my goodness. They could connect with me on Twitter. I go by the BSD Bandit on Twitter. Um, definitely give me a shout there because I pretty much live on Twitter and the Internet, but I just come outside for air. <laughs> but um, you can reach me there. Um, also, um, wanted to um, put this out here as well, too. And you're hearing it first. I am putting together a podcast. Well, I'm just going to call it a show. We're going to put together a show called Good Times in Gaming with the BSD Bandit. And what that entails is more so me playing video game, like old retro control consoles live. And I'll talk to you about the history of the console while I'm playing the game, uh, my experience with the particular console. And you get to answer questions and you might win a, like a, a prize, maybe like $20 from um, for GameStop or just different things. Um, we haven't decided on the prize giveaways yet, but just want to keep it fun. If y'all could rock with me for an hour, that'll be fun. And I'm actually talking. It's not me sitting there playing the video game and I'm and just quiet. Like I'm talking through the entire time and looking at the chat and anybody has questions or they answer a question, they might win something, and, and we just and we just have fun and rock out together and take it back, just take it back to a simpler time just for one hour. That's all I ask. <laughs> but um, I plan on starting that actually next Thursday on Twitch and streaming out to YouTube. All right. So we'll look forward PM. to that. Throwback Thursdays, 5 Throwback PM. Thursdays. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the end of our program. And thank you for joining us. First and foremost, I have to thank my co-host, Mr. Jack Clabby. Also, also a special thank you to our guest, Charles Shearer, someone <laughs> who actually proves that video games can be good for you 
and don't rot your brain. So remember, rate, review, and subscribe to the No Password Required podcast. You can find us on social media at No Password Pod. Send your questions or comments to info at nopasswordpodcast.com. And if you'd like some show swag, just ask and we'll hook you up. I'm Ernie Ferraresso. Thank you for listening and we'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to the No Password Required podcast. The show is produced by Cyber Florida. A special thanks goes out to our friends at Carlton Fields and Second Watch. If you would like to learn more about the show, visit our website at cyberflorida.org slash pod. And if you still need more show content, check out our social media at NoPasswordPod.